Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Dorkside Toys. At DorksideToys.com, you can get the latest Star Wars toys, as well as Marvel, G.I. Joe, The Walking Dead, and more. Run by toy fans, you can be assured your order will be given great attention and packed with care. Sign up to their social channels now for stock alerts, reviews, and toy and movie news. DorksideToys.com. You'd be a dork not to shop there. Welcome to Star Wars Action News' continuing coverage of the 2015 Toy Fair International. In this show, we'll be looking at the new Star Wars collectibles coming from Kotobukiya, Uncle Milton, and more right from the floor of the Javits Convention Center in New York City. Be sure to visit our website to see photos of all the new items shown at the show. Welcome to Star Wars Action News, Part 2 of Toy Fair Coverage 2015. I'm Marjorie. I'm Arnie, and we are going to be going through all the companies selling very cool Star Wars items here at Toy Fair. Now, when I say selling, they're selling to retailers. For those unfamiliar with what Toy Fair is, it's not a place for us to buy. Some people think of it as a convention, and it isn't a convention. What it is is the toy distributors and manufacturers are here meeting up so the distributors can buy the toys. That's how we find things in Targets, Walmarts, or even comic shops as the buying goes on here. But they do let the press in to talk about the toys a little bit, and we get a whole lot of hobby horse makers trying to get our attention so that we can podcast about hobby horses and while hobby horse action news sounds like a great idea an unexplored idea one of our listeners can just take that and run with it i don't want any royalties on hobby horse action news it's all yours we're going to focus on the star wars toys Before we get into the Toy Fair coverage, I wanted to remind you about our Kickstarter we're doing for NowPlayingPodcast.com. We have a book that we want to write, which is 100 Underrated Movies that we recommend, and it's Arnie, Jacob, Stuart, and myself, and we each took some movies that we love that we think don't get the love that they deserve, and we're hoping you guys love them as well. So we need a little help to write the book because it's expensive, so check out our Kickstarter. Yeah, that all the details are at NowPlayingPodcast.com. This is actually a book of 300 movie reviews. Three people from Now Playing are reviewing each movie, 100 movies, and it's going to be bringing the format of Now Playing Podcast to the page. And we're hopeful that the listeners of our other podcasts will support Marjorie, I, Jacob, who did a lot of segments for Star Wars Action News back in the day, especially one very memorable one of his viewing experience going to see, I believe it was Phantom Menace, right outside of a bar. So... And then Stuart, who's done a lot of movie reviews over at Now Playing. So there's a banner at the top of Now Playing Podcast. We'd appreciate your support. And we've never asked for anything for doing Star Wars Action News. Hopefully, listeners who've been with us for almost 10 years can help us out. Yeah, and so now let's talk about Funko. Funko has a huge booth this year. They've always had a huge green booth at Toy Fair. This year, it's bigger than ever. Of course, with Star Wars, there wasn't a whole lot to see because Episode 7 is coming. We were told there is a wave of pop vinyls that aren't out yet that will be coming before the Episode 7 stuff, though. So there's going to be still some pop vinyls. And then, of course, the Episode 7 onslaught from them. But they did have two new lines of figures for Star Wars on the way. Yeah, the Hakari, which have been out kind of teased for a while and giveaways. Yeah, the first few are up for pre-order. I ordered the Greedo Hikari. Of course you did. But really, we need to talk about the star of the Hikaris, which seems to be Bosk. I love, love, love the Bosk Hikaris because if you haven't seen the Hikaris, they kind of are weird, milky, translucent with different colors, and Bosk really lends himself to that, especially since they do him all these different colors. There's a great rainbow one. There's a great bronzish one. I, I love these. 
Yeah, what they are are premium vinyl collectibles. So they're going for that high-end market, and these are big. I was surprised that they're as big as they are. I know they started this with the Spider-Man line, but these take up a lot of shelf space. They're nice and big size, and they do a ton of variants as well as a ton of characters. So when they do Greedo, they're going to do like five Greedos, a translucent Greedo, a funky colored Greedo. With Bosk, we just saw a metallic bronze Bosk that looks like a regular movie Bosk, but has that metallic sheen. The rainbow Bosk was hysterical. With Boba Fett, they've got this red metallic Boba Fett, they also had a red metallic 3PO and a red metallic Vader. It was taking me back to that Hasbro red metallic Christmas figure, only actually cool this time. Actually, what it reminded me of was the lava reflection Vader they did and how they tried to make that kind of iridescent sheen on the red. And that's what Funko has succeeded in on these Hikaris. These run about $80 a figure. And so if you're going to be all in on this line, you might want to sell off some of your stock options because <laughs> there are going to be a lot of these coming. And probably five or six variants of each figure they do, each character will get one. But there were some very cool ones. I think the best way to go for me is to pick the best version of each character. Every so often you got to get two versions of the same character, but I think that I'm going to try to get all the red metallic ones that they have and just have the red metallic Hikari line of these vinyl figures. But there's a completely translucent, like almost transparent clone trooper that only has the helmet details painted, but it's all just like a almost clear, slightly gray vinyl as the body. That was amazing. Yeah, he kind of looks like he'd just been peppered. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. So a lot of those out there. And then they had partnered with Super 7 to do the reaction figures. If you remember, Super 7 did the alien reaction figures we talked about years ago when we talked with Super 7 at San Diego Comic-Con. Funko kind of co-opted that license and exploded with it. Now you can get reaction figures for Tomorrowland, Back to the Future, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The Karate Kid, and more. Well, now they've taken another license that Super 7 had started, the Shogun Warrior Jumbo figures. Yeah, and these have the shooting arms, just like the one from Super 7 did, the Stormtrooper they did, oh gosh, a couple of years ago now. It feels like five years have passed. Yeah, it, it's been a while. But now with the Black Stormtrooper and the Boba Fett, they're going to really expand the market. I'd be curious to see how these do with wider distribution because Super 7 is kind of a niche company and they don't have the wide distribution agreements that Funko has. I mean, you cannot walk into any shopping mall and not find a Funko item, and even in the airports now. Did they list the price point of these jumbo figures? Because when Super 7 did it, they were about 200 for that Stormtrooper, as I recall. They did not, but I expect them to be about the same. And there will be a Celebration exclusive. The Black Hole Stormtrooper is going to be at Celebration. And then who knows if they'll have one of the exclusives. I mean, they always have so many Comic-Con exclusives. I almost can guarantee the way they're pushing the Sofubi Hikari line. We'll see some exclusives for that at Celebration and at Comic-Con. And the saleswoman we spoke with, Allison, said she didn't know. They're still finalizing what will be a Celebration exclusive, what will be a Comic-Con exclusive. Some of the variants they have out now probably will be. I have a theory. The Bloody Wampa might be a little gory for retail, but might be perfect for Celebration or San Diego Comic-Con. I mean, Hasbro did the arm cut-off Wampa. Funko did a Bloody Wampa with the upside-down Luke at San Diego last year. So I bet that Bloody Wampa, another must-have, is probably going to be one of those exclusives. But that's just my guess. Yeah, that makes sense. That would make a lot of sense. But I've said this before. I think Hasbro and the other toy companies need to look over their shoulder because Funko is really with action figures and everything else, not just Star Wars, just across the board with all the toy lines they're doing. They're going to be a huge player in toys coming up in the future. It's amazing to have watched them grow over the many years we've been covering them. But now we'll move on to the next step, another company that I've enjoyed watching grow, Kotobukiya. And we're at the Kotobukiya booth with Dan Luan. Hello, sir. Hi, Arnie. So 
we're taking a look at the Celebration exclusives here for the first time. Why don't you go ahead, it's K3PO, and which R2 unit is that? Uh, that's R3A2, and uh, this is our Celebration uh, exclusive. Celebration takes place in April at the Anaheim Convention Center. Um, for those uh, that are not able to attend the event, we'll be offering a pre-order opportunity the first week of April through our website, kodous.com. So you can pre-order those through our website if you're not able to attend Celebration. Um, I have to look, in, I'm not exactly sure, but I believe the production runs somewhere around 1,500 pieces. So it's relatively uh, a very low production. Uh, and this is the beginning of what we like to call our Hoth Wave, because right after, uh, well, our next uh, Artifacts Plus announcement is the Snow Trooper 2-pack. Very nice. I love that that's coming out of 2-pack. Are they going to be the same sculpt or two like distinct sculpts? It'll kind of be like what we did with the Sand Trooper. So you get two complete statues, and you're able to do about, I think it was four, four different poses with the included pieces. So, all right, so swap out pieces there. And the Artifacts Plus line, you did two exclusive R2 units with Barnes & Noble last year as well. Is that a partnership that's going to be continuing? We're, we're, we're definitely uh, in talks with Barnes and other uh, retailers about exclusives. Uh, as of now, there's no announcements that we can make, and uh, it's still very early, but, sh but definitely we're looking at other possible exclusives uh, for that particular uh, vendor. Yeah, because anecdotally, I know those have been kind of hard for people to find, except for BarnesandNoble.com, but the stores, those have had some good sell-through from what we've heard from our listeners and what we've seen personally. That's, that's great to hear. And, and the run, the production run, was, was pretty low on those. So if uh, you do, are you able to see those in stores or, or catch it online? If you're a collector of the R2 units, I, I'd pick those up. Um, and we also made the announcement that uh, through our catalog we'll be doing more R2 units like, uh, again, excuse me, like R5s and, and things like that. So uh, we're going to be providing a very uh, robust uh, collection for, for the R2 fan. Nice. I love the translucent dome on this one. The detail oh, yeah. inside that dome is incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's great to see that we were able to get some new tooling uh, it, for that particular release and it's not just strictly a repaint. Now, keeping in the kind of smaller scale statues here, uh, the Bishojo line, you've got the Jaina and the Mara out, but no sign of the female stormtrooper. Uh, right now, we're reevaluating our Bishojo line at the request of Lucas uh, licensing. So uh, we're looking at different character choices that, that we may be able to uh, add to the line. Uh, we're fully uh, on board to continue the line, and we'll be making those announcements as soon as, as we're able to. Okay, and then. Are there any plans for larger Star Wars statues? Uh, I don't see any of the artifacts here. I believe, and, and again, I believe I made an announcement during the San Diego Comic-Con panel that we had plans to revisit a Darth Vader, like the ultimate Darth Vader artifacts. So it would have a variety of sound and lights and extra features. Um, I, I still think, uh, I, I do believe that's still on schedule. We don't have anything to announce or show here. Uh, but uh, that uh, panel that I did at Comic-Con uh, showcased a, a variety of items. I believe Yoda, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Artifacts Plus. Uh, Yoda was Artifacts Plus. Um, if you remember, the K-3PO was in that slide presentation, and it became our celebration exclusive. So uh, there was definitely a lot of announcements that took place at San Diego Comic-Con uh, last year, and those are going to gradually become part of our line as we move into 2016. Great. And as far as the housewares items go, you, we saw the sandwich makers before. You've got some new light-up chop sabers here. Yeah, we've uh, got the two new styles, Mace Windu and uh, I believe it's Yoda. So those are the two new styles for our light-up chop sabers. We also have the pouch sandwich maker, and uh, those are going to be a lot of fun, uh, especially as we head towards the summer months. And um, coming soon, also the egg shaper. Uh, where you take the hard-boiled egg and you're able to shape it into a Star Wars character or the logo or what have you and expect the more information to come out about that as we get closer to celebration. I'm looking forward to trying that out. I can't imagine a shaped egg. I've just never seen it, so I'm looking really forward to playing with that and getting a chance to film it for the show. Oh yeah, me too. I can't wait to get one of those in my hands and give it a try. 
All right, well, Dan, thank you very much for your time, and uh, will you be at Celebration personally? Uh, as of now, yes, I am on board, and we've got a lot of exciting things planned for the show. Um, so if your viewers, uh, if your listeners are going to be at the, at the show, come on by, say hi to me, and I'd love to sit down and chat with you. All right, thank you for your time. Thanks again to Dan from Kotobukiya. I think I want to drive home a point from that last interview that I haven't seen reported anywhere else and make sure our listeners and viewers completely understand. The female Bishojo Stormtrooper is not coming. Yeah, and I know a lot of people were looking forward to that. I was. I mean, I was of two minds. On the one hand, I was glad to see that they were doing a new interpretation of a character. And I think they did really well with their female Freddy and Jason, a concept that took a long time to win me over. I didn't like the concept of those, and they did a great job. But also, I'd like to see in-universe characters, and I've yet to see a sexy stormtrooper outside of Celebration and Comic-Con. But yeah. Technically, the characters they've done in the Bishojo for Star Wars aren't in-universe anymore. Ooh. Somewhere a Mara Jade fan is weeping. But we are back in our hotel room. We have finished our tour of Javits. And it is getting cold outside. We're huddled in waiting for the Saturday Night Live 40th anniversary special. And wanted to talk about some of the very, very cool things we saw. We really, this year, we had to rush from booth to booth so much. I think we spent more time, despite being able to do Lego and Jacks a day early... We spent so much time just going around Javits today that we didn't get a chance to record. Yeah, we were jam-packed with appointments, and it seemed that the appointments took a long time this time, so there was a lot to see in some of the booths. One place that we didn't get a chance to even stop by just because we had conflicting appointments was the Mattel booth, and they are doing the Star Wars Hot Wheels. It's very weird to have Mattel and Hasbro, you know, the two biggest toy makers, huge competitors, both doing different areas of the Star Wars license. But they actually did something that excited me. I'd kind of been really cold on the Hot Wheels that Mattel's been doing. I tried to get that Darth Vader at Comic-Con last year. The line was crazy, and... I was never really sold on it. It was more the exclusivity that was getting me than anything else. But then as these cars have been coming out, I've just looked at them and been like, there's not enough money, there's not enough space to put those in my collection. I I think that, you know, unless you're all in, obviously you can't buy everything. And thus far, I haven't been impressed with the cards. I've been more impressed with some of the card art on some of the other lines they do. Yeah, and I have seen that they're going to be doing some original trilogy poster type art, which will get me a lot more than some of the stylized art they're doing. But they are doing a line of Hot Wheels that do excite me. The Star Wars Starship playsets. So it's like the old titaniums, kind of. Yeah, these are going to be $15, but you get playsets that includes Star Wars starships. And we're not talking cars that are somewhat decoed to look like a Star Wars ship now. We're talking actual Star Wars ships. And that's really exciting to me. I've been missing getting good vehicles ever since the Titanium Line died. I kind of had hope for those Disney ships until I saw them in person and realized... They're limp? Oh, yeah, the... (laughs) Speeder bikes all had their noses pointing downward, and the X-Wings all had their guns all bent and akimbo. So I'm kind of looking forward to the Starship playset. I'm curious how much these are going to be collectible, though, and how much these are going to be playish. Mm-hmm. Because there's also a Star Wars flight controller handheld accessory that allows you to control up to three Starships and fly with the help of the controller. Is it just... You're running around, and you know you're a little kid, and you can have three ships flying in formation. It it says it has authentic battle sounds. Or is there a play pattern here that's going to take away from just the display and collectability? But I'm glad to see them doing original 
trilogy vehicle designs versus, hey, here's a car that looks like it might have been driven in the 50s by a Star Wars fan. <laughs> That's a good analogy. And then we also went to Uncle Milton's booth and got a wonderful tour there. And I don't know that I've been this excited for products from Uncle Milton since the original Force Trainer. I mean, we've talked about some of their items on the show. We did the original Force Trainer and had that review, had my sister put on the headband and give it a shot herself and made that little ping pong ball float with the fan and had a whole lot of fun with that. Yes, that was a lot of fun, but it was kind of one note after a while. Admittedly, after we used it for some time and I was never really able to figure out a mood or a brain pattern or a concentration level that would work more than others, it kind of seemed a little random to me, but we also had fun with the little, well, dare I mention the frog habitat? I don't think you should, but it's not my fault. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. Okay, Han. And we also had our my very first baking soda volcano with their Mustafar volcano set. So there have been a lot of sets I've had fun with, but there are new sets coming from them this year that look cooler than anything I've seen from them in a long time. And I honestly think there are three things that are the coolest things ever ever coming from Uncle Milton. And what can beat the Force Trainer? There's uh, only one thing. Yeah, a new Force Trainer that does more. Now, this one's really cool. It's a lot bigger, and it kind of looks like something that had come out of the Jedi Temple. Yeah, it's a large triangle. It kind of has a holocronish look to it, but it's very cool because it displays a hologram. Yeah, and it's it's like actual shapes. And so when you're standing in front of it and you're using the force trainer, you see them coming towards you and you see the detail. If you step to the side, it's 3D. You see the sides of them. The only time I've seen this, and I've never seen a display like this in person, but Hot Toys does some high-end displays overseas of their collectibles that use this kind of triangular hologram technology. What it is is it's projecting on angled glass. And projecting different things different ways. But I'd never seen it in person. It's really impressive. And now the Force Trainer, the headset is Bluetooth. So you're able to play a bunch of different games. And I talked to Hillary at Uncle Milton about this and was informed, yeah, it really is brainwaves. And it's kind of strange, but because I never failed with the original Force Trainer... I always had a suspicion because I'm no electrician who can deconstruct it. I'm not a brain surgeon who can tell you what the brain waves mean. And I never could find access to an EEG machine so that I could measure my own brain waves in conjunction with the floating ball. But because I had pure success, I was curious. But Hillary let me rope up and put the headset on and try this force trainer. They had battle droids coming at me and I was supposed to concentrate to force push back those battle droids. I couldn't. And it was a fun game versus just floating the ball. They're shooting me mm -hmm. and my health was going down. And if I could concentrate, then I could push them back. But I couldn't concentrate. It's hard to concentrate in Toy Fair in my defense. Yeah, but they have a nice dark room back there in Uncle Milton where you can do this. Now, here's what's interesting about it. This is an iPad-based game that runs off an app. You have to put your iPad into the Force Trainer so that this will work. And it's not just Apple. It will also work with Android, but you need a full-size, like, 10-inch or slightly larger iPad or other tablet. They specifically mentioned one Android model as well as the iPad, and you put it in. So this is a high cost of entry to me. I think most people who could afford to spend a little over $100 on a force trainer probably have a tablet in their house at this point. I mean, the iPads have been selling so well for years. But yeah, this is no longer a self-contained toy. This is an app that you put in. The force trainer itself has two parts. It has the Bluetooth headset, which connects to your tablet. It's not connecting to the display. And then it has the display piece that you set the tablet on top of facing down and it then takes 
images from your tablet and creates that 3D display. It's a very, very cool toy, though. I think kids and adults alike are going to have fun. This blows the pants off the original Force Trainer. Totally. I mean, this just, like, changes the game tremendously with this technology. I can't wait to see, now that they've developed this, what they use it for again. Yeah. And she said, depending on demand, there is a possibility of the original Force Trainer's release. I saw that they had that in their booth there and found that, asked about it, because I still think there's fun in that, plus a little bit of collectability. And it may come back, but... The Force Trainer 2 is the coolest Star Wars toy I saw all weekend. I agree. Although, a really close second. I couldn't play with this one. Have you ever played that 20Q game, Marjorie? Yeah, I have. The online one Uh or the little... We were talking about this, trying to figure out when this was. It was like the very late 90s or the very early 2000s that there was the... It started with the website, Mm -hmm. and you'd go and you'd think of something, and then they took that kind of algorithm and put it in the little pocket size thing so you could just think of something answer the 20 questions that we know they've taken that technology and applied it to star wars and programmed in star wars characters vehicles aliens and all of that and it's up on a website right now that we'll link to from our homepage. you can go and play and try to think of star wars things but they're putting that in a device that uncle milton is selling and What's really cool is it also has a prop replica bit to it where it looks like a Jedi holocron. It lights up blue and it has the display on it. So it's really like the all-knowing holocron. Yeah, it's really cool looking. It's great. I love the fact that they're crowdsourcing some of the answers to make sure that they don't have wrong answers in it. Because that's what they're doing with the website is they're making sure that what they've got is right. That Do we know that for a fact? That was mm-hmm. my guess yes. and we talked to she one of the it. ladies. Yeah. Okay. Because... I did go in there, and I didn't want to do an easy thing. I didn't want to do Death Star or Lando or anything like that. So I decided to go with something a little bit more outside of the realm and wondering how EU it went and so forth. And so I ended up picking an item, and it was... I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. It was a swoop. I tried to do a swoop. Those are in the movie... The name is more from the EU, and it was unable to guess a swoop. But I was unable to answer a lot of the questions. Is it used by rebels or imperials? Uh, yeah, sure, both. (laughs) Is it, you know, this, that, or the other? And it was not able, even after 25 questions, to guess swoop. So I'm thinking, though, now at the very end it said type your answer, and I typed in swoop. Like you say with the crowdsourcing, it's now adding to that database and the kind of learning algorithm to do the data mining so that the next time somebody goes through and gives similar answers to mine. Have you tried it again? I have not. I only did it the once. Perhaps you need to do this. But that's a really cool toy. I think kids are going to be have fun with it. I think Star Wars collectors are just going to have fun. I mean, it's kind of like Star Wars Trivial Pursuit in that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, and it's nice because you can use it at a party. You can probably just play with yourself or your spouse or something, and it'd be fun. Then the third thing they showed us that was very cool, and I will admit I had low hopes for this until I saw it. The box didn't do it justice. It was called the Millennium Falcon UV Light Blaster, and she was telling me how you can draw on the wall with this, and I'm like, I, I don't understand what you're telling me. What is this doing? But it's actually a really, really cool thing. It gives you a small board. Kind of looks like a whiteboard or something you might have at the office. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you put that on your wall. And then you've got a UV light and you've got templates you can use to shine it over it. Kind of like you're doing a photo negative and shining this light over it. You pull it off and you've got a scene on this whiteboard you put on your wall. And then it comes with this cool Millennium Falcon where you can shoot things on it. Yeah, the Millennium Falcon is the UV light. So what you do is you put like your template up. The one they showed us was the Death Star with the TIE Fighters. And you basically wave the Millennium Falcon over this image. And what it's doing is shooting UV lights that the whiteboard is receiving. And because the template is blocking it, you do get that negative image. And it glows this awesome green, this UV green. It's kind of like, you know, the night vision goggles kind of look. But then with the template off, you can just take the Falcon, aim it, and 
you know, it's kind of like writing your name in the sand. Yeah, you just kind of shoot. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool. And then you can also make shapes. She did this great thing where she made like a Yoda with her hand and did the UV light and made Yoda on her wall. Yeah, a really cool thing. That's fun. The only downside is the other items we were seeing in that dark room that they have for display, but they'd work just fine in the light, but having it dark really added to the impressive glow of both those items. This one, you have to be in a dark room Mm -hmm. in order to get it. It's going to be really dim without it. So you have to have kids who you can trust to play in the dark. There were some other items they had there. There's the Jedi Force Levitator where you have a stick that, to me, it reminds me a little bit of, like, a bamboo shoot. It's not very Star Warsy, but it uses static electricity to both pull and push away little metal... It's almost, it's thinner than mylar. It's kind of like sheets of mylar. Yeah. There's also a lightsaber crystal growing lab, and, you know... Uncle Milton, these are the fungicational toys. They're here to learn science. The Force Trainer, you're learning about brain waves. 20Q, you're learning about algorithms and probabilities. The UV light thing, you're learning about UV lights. The Force Levitator, you're learning about static electricity. Well, even I'm not too old to learn because this crystal growing lab taught me, you mean you can grow a crystal? I thought they were mined. You're so cute. I figured people went into, like, mines in Africa and came out with crystals. No, you can grow them. And apparently I can grow them in this lab, and then it has light-up features so you can make it glow blue, red, or purple. So, some really cool things coming from Uncle Milton for Star Wars fans of all ages. Yes, they do try to skew a little bit younger, but very nice stuff coming out. And the final thing they had was the Galactic Battle Wonderscape. And this is a battle scene that you put in suspension gel and it kind of lights up purple. Kind of a cool item. Mm -hmm. So all of these items will be available later this year from Uncle Milton. And from there, we went on to a number of booths. And to be perfectly honest, I was a little underwhelmed with the amount of Star Wars at this toy fair. You mean the lack of Star Wars? Yeah. There there, there wasn't much at all. And I think it's the embargo because of the movie coming out. And one of the companies, Ravel, that does the models, actually just had white boxes with the Force Awakens logo on it. It was hysterical. It was a symbol of this entire convention. An empty box with an Inkjet Force Awakens logo put on it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Kodo and Uncle Milton had some cool stuff to show. Kodo because they've been doing original trilogy stuff. They're sandwich makers, they're egg makers, they're Empire Strikes Back exclusives. Uncle Milton, they're going to make their educational toys that are Star Wars, but they're not specific to any movie. But you start getting to some of these other companies, and several companies did say to us off the record, so I won't say which ones, that... They had Episode 7 product. They could have brought it. They were told no. It is an information embargo from Lucasfilm. They want to keep secrecy around the movie. And so we didn't get to see a whole lot of stuff. We got to see some older items. A lot of companies were still bringing out last year's product to sell. Yeah, that was kind of disappointing. And they're like, yeah, this stuff's all been out for a while. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, and we didn't take too many photos of it because we own it. I did to be polite. (laughs) The big feeling that I had was this isn't just something that's frustrating us as fans and as reporters covering the event because obviously we want to get that information out. We want to budget for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. We want to be excited about what's coming. But I honestly think this is hurting some of the toy makers as well because... Hasbro is Hasbro. They're going to make their deals and do what they're going to do. Same with Mattel. But when you start getting to the more niche areas, like, you know, Kotobukiya being a collector-oriented item, but making retail deals, getting into Barnes & Noble and having those exclusives, Cardamundi with their cards, Uncle Milton with their items, this is where they're able to put those wares on display. It's 
like a bazaar. You're out there, but you're trying to sell to wholesalers or to mass retailers and not to customers directly. Not being able to show this Episode 7 product really hurts these companies. We went by so many booths and just saw they'd have an entire wall that just was nothing but a Star Wars The Force Awakens logo. Yep. But nothing to show for it. And that, I wonder if it's going to hurt it towards the end of the year because this is the big toy buying thing in the United States. Yeah, and you need to prepare for this. You need to know how many items to produce. You need to know what your wholesale sales are so that you're manufacturing to meet the demand and hopefully not over-manufacturing or under-manufacturing. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of a toy fair where I think of all the years we've covered, Hasbro, we had the very least to say from Hasbro that there was. And now from the rest of Javits, we also have the very least. But there were some standout items. As we've been talking about on the show over the past few months, with the Disney acquisition, a lot of new doors were opened. I just love what Steve Sansweet reported and told us back at Celebration 6 is that Disney looked at Star Wars and said, yes, it's not exploited enough. Mm-hmm. And they're jumping on that. And because we cover Marvel toys for Marvelicious toys, we've seen some of those partnerships for the Marvel toy lines that they're just following right now and just going to their Marvel partners. Because you got to think, it's a boy's toy brand and a boy's collectible brand that they can say, okay, you're doing Marvel. How about Star Wars? And one of those companies is Egg Attack. And that's a company that makes kind of super deformed, cutesy versions of figures that have a higher price point, anywhere from 80 to $200, depending on what you're getting. Their characteristic is they have very large heads. Yeah. For their bodies. They're nice. They're kind of small. They're what, about five inches tall? Yeah, I'd say about five. And they've been doing Marvel for a while, and now it looks like they're expanding into Star Wars. They had a really cool Vader on, like, the stairs of Bespin. Now, that one was kind of pricey. And then they're also showing off an unpainted Stormtrooper, because I assume it's still in production. Yep. And these have good articulation and posability. The Vader's very expensive, but he has light-up features on his belt and chest. And he does come with that display base, the Bespin display base. Very cutesy, but... Again, very pricey. The Stormtrooper, I actually like more. I like the giant noggin. It's bordering on bobbleheadishness, <laughs> but by the same token, because it doesn't bobble and it has that articulation, it becomes quite a nice toy item there. And that price is to be determined, though. So I'm hopeful that it's going to be more around the 80 to 100 that most of the regular Marvel figures are than the closer to 200 that Darth Vader is. Another line that we'd reported on, and our friends over at Yak Face actually bought and have done some studio photography of, I've held off on these, but I'm really glad to see them in person because it allows you to really get a feeling for them. And that's the Tamashi Nation Star Wars figures where they're doing samurai hybrids of, like, Darth Vader and the Stormtroopers. Now, see, these are okay to me. These aren't something I have to have, and I don't know how I feel about them. Maybe then just other than, eh, okay. Now, these were about six inches tall, five to six inches, but a lot less expensive than what we were seeing the Vader price at. These are about, now, I don't know if this is a wholesale or an MSRP, but they had Vader at about $93, and the Stormtrooper at about $82. So they're affordable, they're articulated. The key is with this, to me, I think it's filling a niche. If you like Japanese culture and you're one of those people who has Japanese stuff in your house already, then the, and you're a Star Wars fan, then this is going to be right up your alley. If you're a little bit less on that, I mean, I have a friend who collects samurai swords. He would absolutely love a samurai Vader to add to that collection. But if you're not into that aesthetic, I don't know that you feel like plunking down $200 unless you're just trying in vain to keep up and still be a completist. Yeah, I just, I'm kind of lukewarm on these to cool. I mean, it's not my cup of tea. Yeah, I really like the style. I can appreciate it without wanting to own it. 
You know what I'm saying with yeah, that? Yeah, that sounds good. And the one thing, though, that put me off, if I were thinking about buying it, because I really like the Stormtrooper armor, I liked his little epaulets on the shoulder and things, but all of a sudden I noticed he had nipples. Oh, he does have nipples, doesn't he? It looks like it was very cold in Javits today on his armor. And so I was like, that's a... Again, I am not an aficionado of Japanese samurai culture, perhaps. I've never seen it in any movies or anything that I've seen. The Tom Cruise film, The Last Samurai, I don't think he had nipples on his armor. <laughs> but perhaps feudal samurai had nipples. But it kind of struck me as odd. We also stopped by PPW Toys because we were a little confused at Hasbro. What is going on with Mr. Potato Head? I don't know. I'm still confused by it because they had little tiny buildable Mr. Potato Heads for Marvel only at Hasbro, but they don't have any of the big ones. And then PPW has little tiny keychains and the big ones. But if you look at them closely, they're not the same style as the old Mr. Potato Head. No. PPW is, I believe, licensing Mr. Potato Head from Hasbro because it's a Mr. Potato Head's a Hasbro property. But they're doing these pop taters. And we've seen several of these. I have collected them. The Yoda, the Vader, the Stormtrooper. But they were teasing. New Star Wars potato heads are going to be on the way. There's a new Boba Fett potato head coming this summer. And because you know you need it. Slave tater. Slave tater. I don't think these are as cute as the original ones. They're they're kind of like weird shaped. Nothing ever beats Darth Tater. No. All the rest have been poor imitators. But I do like the new C-3PO that they went through the trouble of the detail of giving him the silver leg. That was a nice touch. That was. But he's still weird and kind of shaped like a pill capsule. And then, if you remember the Gentle Giant Chubbies? I think we all want to forget those, including Gentle Giant, because I still think you get them free with an order. And I bought one full price. Yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> oh, the Vader, that big, expensive Vader. Well, new nesting dolls are coming from PPW. They're going to have a Jedi and droids nesting set. The designs of these are kind of blah. I'm not a fan of the art. I think that maybe they could have learned from Gentle Giant's mistake. They look like South Park characters. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Don't they look like the townspeople? Yeah. <laughs> rabble, rabble, rabble. So those will be coming from PPW. Metal Earth, we've talked about their model kits. They have some new ones coming. A Star Destroyer will be on the way, as well as a Droidica. The Droidica looks really good. I love Droidicas, and I think they're very beautiful and lend themselves to these kinds of things. Yeah, but I think building it might be... Oh, I'm not going to build it. <laughs> I'm not going to build it. No, 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 no. Even the people working in the booth were like, So, have you tried building it? You might want some tools, yeah. a good cutter, some tweezers. Be careful not to cut yourself. <laughs> It seems like more trouble than it's worth. I do have the Millennium Falcon that I need to get around to building, but apparently I need safety equipment and... And skill. Yeah. And the one thing I really don't have is time. We also stopped by Fantasy Flight Games. They had some new stuff out. I am not into their miniatures game. Andrew could school me on some of these things, but I was really impressed by what they were pointing out as some of their new things, they were able to design their own Star Destroyer to make a new miniature of. And this is a large miniature that is, I still don't think to scale with the others. I can't see a whole lot of TIE Fighters coming out of it, but it was a nifty design with these black panels under it and a totally new look for a Star Destroyer. So that was something to pique the interest of the game players. And finally, I think the most excited I got was of all places at Think Geek, outside of Kodo and outside of Lego. And Uncle Milton. Yes, and Uncle Milton. Yeah, Think Geek continues to knock it out of the park with a lot of their stuff, and it looks like this year is going to be no different. They had some really cool things. The first thing I saw were the can koozies but they're metal can koozies so they've got the soft inside and you can put your bottle or can in it and they have 3po and i believe boba fett 
R2. R2, R2. Yeah, and those were really cool. The 3PO caught my eye because being metallic, they were really nice. Now, they had a number of items out that we weren't able to photograph. They, of course, had the stuff already for sale on the site out there, but there were some new items coming, including some new housewares items. I think they've got the Darth Vader toaster beat. Yeah, the toaster was kind of cool, and that's a kind of a big thing to get the toast with you know, words on it and stuff, and... But they're beating that yeah. with the Death Star Belgian Waffle Maker. I think that we may be buying a waffle maker because it's super cute. It's the Death Star, and it's got all these nooks and crannies for all your syrup. Yeah, I can't believe how much it really... You look at that, there's no question you're looking at a Death Star waffle. Yes, that's correct. They're also doing an R2-D2 cupcake pan. Nah, all right. An R2 bento box? I don't know what a bento box is. It is a lunch box that they use in Japan. And if you'd like, I can get one and make you a fancy bento box. And the one thing that you seemed really interested in, even though we just bought new dishes for our kitchen, they're doing a Star Wars dinner set where all the silverware is looks like lightsaber handles and the plates are Death Star designs. Yeah, I'm kind of interested in it because I'd like to see a full set of dishes and to be kind of different and quirky versus just standard clip art. So this is kind of interesting. They don't know how they're going to sell it yet versus, you know, like with the plate and the like one place setting versus breaking it up and selling it piecemeal. So it'd be interesting to see and I can't wait. They always have fun stuff. Yeah, they weren't allowing photographs because these weren't final designs. These were concepts and they were kind of taking a look into it. But other than that, I mean, Underground Toys, they had the stuff out we've already seen, like the X-Wing knife block and whatnot. And then a few other houseware items that we couldn't photograph, none of which really grabbed my attention. I mean, you bought me for Christmas the Darth Vader grill tongs. Yeah, and the spatula with real lightsaber sounds, which people at work were offering to buy off of me because they'd never seen such craziness. Well, what I couldn't photograph is now they're doing another set only it's going to be a green Luke Skywalker saber. Mm -hmm. That kind of iteration. Now, they had those plates, too. They had square Star Wars plates that were characters, and they were kind of in pop colors. And remind me of Andy Warhol paintings. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were square and kind of had like a cartoony picture, and they were against really bright colors. I don't know that I'd buy those, though. No, nothing there did I walk away with going, I have to have that the way I did the Think Geek cup cozies. Correct. But yeah, it looks like we're going to have just a bit of a waiting period going on until Episode 7 merchandise starts to hit, whenever that is. Yeah, that's the big question. And then the good news is new product is starting to trickle out. Over at our sponsor, Dorkside Toys, you can now place your orders for the new Wave 7 3 and 3 quarter inch Black Series figures. We didn't even get to see these at Comic-Con, but they are up for pre-order now. And this includes Stormtrooper, Wampa Attack, Luke, actually he was at the show, but Captain Rex, Dagobah Test, Darth Vader, Episode 4 Princess Leia, Dutch Vanders, Chewbacca, Imperial Navy Commander, and Clone Commander Wolf and Clone Commander Doom. You can order that set right now, and it should be to you in April. And I bet pretty soon we're going to be seeing the next wave of Black Series 6-inch, as well as some of the Rebels figures that you're just not able to find in stores, plus Funko Pops and Funko Hikari Greedo, and so much more, all at our sponsor, Dorkside Toys. And that Greedo rocks, I have ordered the Greedo. Aww. I mean, I like the Hikari, and I think some of the characters lend better than others for this. And Greedo is one of the ones that does well, and I hope they do variations of them. I hope they do Rainbow Greedo like Rainbow Boss. That would be amazing. Or gold, the bronzy gold one. I want everything in red metallic. Though. Yeah. I just want every item. I want a red metallic Greedo. Makes yep. no freaking sense. I want it. Yep, it's super cute. The crazier it is, the more I want that Hikari. But that is it for our show this week. Thank you for joining us for the Toy Fair coverage. We're sorry the second show's a little anemic. We're kind of sorry the show's anemic and we had no... <laughs> yeah, and I mean the Toy Fair show. Yes. It was funny because like several of our friends at other Star Wars sites, I've noticed them covering Marvel toys now 
Because I think they just wanted to report something for coming to New York in this weather. Yes, because it was really cold this weekend. Yeah, nasty. Like, the worst Toy Fair weather we've had since maybe our first or second one here. Yeah, definitely. And that's our show for the week, though. Yes, we will be back next week. I still have a case of Black Series 6-inch figures for us to review. And so we have this bonus show. We're getting back on our regular every other week schedule starting next week so thank you for listening to this week and last week's toy fair coverage thank you in advance for your pledge on our kickstarter campaign that we have going on it's only until march 19th and if you know how kickstarter works it's all or nothing so we need your help to make our goal or absolutely nothing happens we do appreciate your support and we'll talk to you next week Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can be on the next episode of Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at SWActionNews.com. All materials submitted are subject to use on our show. We want your feedback on Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at SWActionNews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at SWActionNews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can also find Star Wars Action News on Facebook and Twitter. The links to our social media sites are at SWActionNews.com. You can see more videos and reviews by subscribing to the Star Wars Action News YouTube channel. You can find the link from our homepage. If you enjoyed the show, please post about Star Wars Action News on Facebook, Twitter, or your social media network of choice, or just tell a friend about the show. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star written review on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed is at SWActionNews.com. If you also enjoy Marvel Comics, you can hear Arnie and Marjorie talk about the toys and statues based on Marvel Comics characters on the Marvelicious Toys podcast at MarveliciousToys.com. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, edited, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Star Wars Action News podcast video enhancement by Andrew, Daryl, Josh, and Barrett. Star Wars Action News website designed by Jason. Photo editing by Jay. Graphic design by Chris. Associate produced and announcements by Brock. Segments hosted by Jerry, Jonathan, Brock, Nathan, and Steve. For more Star Wars collecting, please check out GalacticHunter.com, JediDefender.com, JediTempleArchives.com, and YakFace.com. And we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by Star Wars fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all that the Star Wars universe contains is trademark and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, all rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2015, all rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Until next time, may the pegs be stopped and the Force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. <laughs>